I like to say the last four letters of the word enthusiasm are I-A-S-M. It stands for I am sold myself on, on me and what I'm doing. So, so how do your listeners sell themselves first? From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a long career as an employed professional. Today on Going Solo, I'm speaking with founder and president of Brandon Partners, Rick Brandon. An expert on politics, power, and influence, Rick walks us through how to develop your sales and other skills that are essential to build a successful consulting business. Stay with us to hear all the details. Learning business building skills is one of the benefits of membership in the Smashing the Plateau community. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, we provide access to experts and the camaraderie of supportive collaborative colleagues. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Rick Brandon. Dr. Brandon is founder and president of the globally respected Brandon Partners, offering workshops on interpersonal and political savvy. His courses are taught worldwide in scores of Fortune 500 corporations, as well as in many government agencies, healthcare organizations, and educational institutions. Dr. Brandon wrote the Wall Street Journal bestseller, Survival of the Savvy, High Integrity Political Tactics for Career and Company Success, which won Book of the Month for Fast Company, Forbes, CEO.com, and the Institute for Management Studies. He is a distinguished faculty member for the Institute and spent a year presenting in 20 cities around the world as its most requested speaker. With 35 years of performance improvement experience, Dr. Brandon has directly trained hundreds of thousands of people in workshops and speeches. He has consulted, trained, and presented at companies worldwide from startup, e-commerce, to blue chip companies. Rick, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, David. It's great to be entering the world of going solo. Been looking forward to it. First of all, thank you for, for coming on the show. And speaking of which, tell me a little bit about your career. Well, I, uh, I was psychology-oriented since I was a tadpole, literally 10 years old. And I just thought of this just now, David. Uh, I used to watch a show called The 11th Hour with Ralph Bellamy and then later Wendell Corey. It's about a psychiatrist. Who does that at age 10 years old? So I was always interested in in, uh, psychology, and that was my background in schooling, in psychology and school psychologists and and counseling. My first uh, job out of my PhD, and as, as I was getting it actually, was with an interpersonal skills training firm, which I loved doing. And I found I really enjoyed not doing therapy with people, but working with people in the healthy zone of their functioning. Uh, I never liked to be called a, a, a shrink. I always thought of myself as a stretch, so to speak, stretching people's potential and helping them, particularly my erogenous zone, as I like to call it, was in front of a group doing communication skills training. So I did that for 20 years. In the area of interpersonal skills, presentation skills, uh, communication styles like Myers-Briggs, social style, disc model, those kinds of things, and presentation skills in terms of of, uh, small and large group platform skills. But I started realizing while I was at this other training company, wait a minute, 
The whole world isn't interpersonal skills and communication skills like this. What about this issue of politics and power and how it in, impacts your influence? So I, I gradually left. I let my company know I want to pursue that. With their blessing, they said, well, go start Brandon Partners. That's what I did. So I was still with the old company, and I like to call it a frontage road. I was gradually leaving, but I worked six days a week for them, then five days a week as Brandon Partners uh, started arcing upward, then four days a week for them, two days for me, then three, two. Pretty soon, this subject of politics and power was so provocative, while I still did my, my straight talk and communication skills work, that my company took off and that, that allowed me to gradually leave. So I've done Brandon Partners uh, work with Fortune 500 companies primarily for 20 years now, uh, 22 years, and uh, it's kind of returned me to my old stomping ground, not just doing politics and power, political savvy courses, but also interpersonal skills in the form of our uh, program called Straight Talk. Uh, so that's been a real, my, my dance, uh, and I was very fortunate to have the blessing of, a, of my company, which might relate to your, your folks or most of your entrepreneurs who, who are part of your network and smashing the plateau, um, totally gone from their companies, would you say, David? Or are they one foot in, one foot out? Or like some of my friends, still out technically, but being a contractor for their old company? Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. It's actually a great question. And in fact, there is um, there's a pretty full range of all of those scenarios. So in some cases, people have left their job 100% and they've started a consulting business. So they've gone from full-time as an employee to full-time as a consultant. And in some cases, when they've made that transition, they've done it voluntarily. They've left voluntarily like you did and started their own business. In many other cases, they have been pushed out and Typically, it's not for performance reasons. There are usually other circumstances. You know, there could be um, a change in the marketplace and the company you work for loses a lot of business. They end up terminating a lot of people. And um, it's not unusual that it's the more highly compensated people that get pushed out. Yet the more highly compensated people are generally, because of ageism and other circumstances, it's harder for them to, to get another job. And frankly, many of these people really don't want to go to work for another company again. They really want to start their own consulting business. So I would say those are the two very common scenarios. And then others are, there are people in our community that are still, still working either full-time or maybe less than full-time and running a, a consulting business in addition to that. Uh, we have some people that are working very hard because they're they're working full-time at a job and have significant consulting work. There are others that would like to leave their job and are trying to ramp up a consulting business so that it's not such a, a drastic, drastic change in income when they do. They know they want to get their consulting income to a certain level before they'll they'll leave their job. So really, it's, it's the whole range. So it's a great question. Full gamut, right? And depending on where they're at uh, in uh, along that range, that continuum you're talking about, it's tougher or easier. Certainly from the financial security standpoint, great if they can have a partial relationship still, make themselves indispensable to their old company so that they're hired back as a contractor or, as I did, taper off with the company's blessing, uh, which was a blessing to me. Uh, but that financial security, of course, 
And the freak out factor, as I call it, is a big one. So if, if uh, there can be some sort of relationship or you have permission to work with some of the old clients that you that you had at the your previous company. And of course, there you get into non-disclosures and non-compete issues. I didn't have any of those situations. So I was very fortunate in, in my career to have that. I brought with me my selling skills because I was a key account exec and as well as trainer and designer. It kind of had all those hats on, but I really needed to hit the ground selling, even though I was being subsidized by still having my foot in the old company, that frontage road I mentioned. So I would, I would say if your listeners, the big key, especially if they're HR folks leaving or consultants in OD, doesn't necessarily mean they know how to sell, right? And that can be an abracadabra. Yeah, far from it. As a matter of fact, even people that are in, in marketing and sales, if your primary role has been to market or sell a company when all of a sudden you have to market and sell yourself. It's very different. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, we can, I'm sure talk some about that because uh, I deal with a lot of that in my uh, new book on straight talk, the, the outer skills of selling that are important, but also that inner gaming, because that's a, a big piece of it. If I haven't done that before, now I'm out in, in new territory, stranger in a strange land. And I often need to first sell myself on the fact that I can sell. I, it's my enthusiasm. In fact, I like the, I like to say the last four letters of the word enthusiasm are I-A-S-M. It stands for I am sold myself on on me and what I'm doing. So so how how do, do your listeners sell themselves first? That I have the right to do this. I got the chops. I've been doing it for X number of years. Now I'm out on my own. I need to sell my ability and my expertise. And that that can be challenging, but that's the first step. And I also think it was important for me. I had that confidence because I had done it before. But I still needed to develop collateral about me and my new programs. And I needed to have a support network of, of people who were going to, to really feed me and be my mentors, my peer. I wouldn't say mentors, peer coaches. We're all in it together, which, by the way, I love about what you do, that you have a, uh, am I correct? You have a whole membership cadre of people who are in the same boat who can perform that mutual support service. Am I tracking? Uh, that is the whole purpose of the community is is peer support. Okay. That's beautiful because now there will be someone in that group, as you know, David, who does excel in, in selling. Maybe he's not as good at developing collateral. Maybe she's not as strong in having the actual design of their programs if they're a training professional. So all of that. And I, and I found that was really a, a wild ride, uh, as I'm sure your listeners are finding. They have to, A, have the, the product that they, they want to sell. They have to have the selling skills. They have to do the selling. They have to do the marketing. They have to do the delivery. And wow, that's a lot of plates to juggle. And so time management became a, a real issue, especially because I was also in my career at that point, still working for the old company. Uh, and that's why once we got it down to two days, one day, half day, it was the time to make the break, uh, and, and that's what really led to Brandon Partners flourishing both with the political savvy programs we teach and the straight talk for accountability and results programs that have been taking off more recently in the last 10 to 12 years. So, Rick, tell me a little bit about the principles in your book, Straight Talk, and, and how they may relate to professionals that are going solo. 
Yeah, sure. Well, I guess a, a good place to start is in terms of what the book is, why I wrote it is uh, I have been teaching the workshops for years in communication skills. And I, and I figured, well, wait a minute, not every client can afford to bring in one or two trainers to do this behavioral work with all this behavioral feedback. So I decided during COVID, hmm, workshops have gone down. Now we're cooking. Now we're getting back up the curve and revving it back up and really percolating with virtual programs. But a few years ago, I decided, well, since no one's doing training or very few people, it's a great time for me to use COVID to write the book, to codify what I have been doing for years in the workshops on communication. So the workshop is called, the book is called Straight Talk, colon, Influence Skills for Collaboration and Commitment. But the branding is, it's my workshop in a book, a workshop in a book. So I, I wanted to, to put the workshop in the hands of people whose companies were not hiring them, were not sending and enrolling them in the workshops and to put it in the hands of people who weren't in companies. So, uh, hopefully your, your listeners will find it helpful. So what it basically does is say faulty communication causes people angst. Lost relationships, work problems. If you think of the problems you had at work, your listeners in uh, in in the last month, just to cheer you up, gang. Uh, and then you code them. Are they relationship problems, communication problems, or are they task problems? We find that it's usually two or three to one people problems, and they're the ones that keep us up at night, not the technical ones. So, so I wanted to to take care of communication problem by helping people not be part of the problem, be part of the solution. Deal with faulty communication to get rid of stress, to save time, to achieve results by getting clear agreements with people, uh, to uh, build trust and relieve tension and, and, and stress. And especially during COVID, I was saying, what are people doing now when they feel so disconnected, so depersonalized, so such social isolation as all the research shows uh, with suicide and anxiety going rising? I hope I'm, I'm uh, just not being seen as a cynic here. You could light up a room by leaving it, Rick. But 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 my goal was to really put some some balm, some salve on the, the pain that, that poor communication has always solved, but even more exacerbated in, in during during the uh, the pandemic. So that's why I wrote the book. It's it's teaching core communication skills, assertive speaking, active listening, and then plugging, funneling them into six key conversations that, that managers and leaders and entrepreneurs have every day, getting agreements with people advising and counseling people, which, by the way, is what selling is. If people are freaked out about selling, you're solving their problems by exploring their needs and recommending solutions. No different than advising and counseling people, as many, many uh, psychology-oriented people do. So gaining agreements, advising and guiding, reminding people if they don't keep the agreement, they fall off of their commitments, Recognition, recognizing people and appreciating their work, whether it's keeping the commitment that you'd gain with them um, or it's some other thing that they've done that you want to appreciate. And then the rougher sailing conversations. The rough sailing conversations are reminding people when they do blow it, challenging ideas, what I call disagreeing agreeably, 
with what I call conversational Aikido. How do you do it in a way that, that aligns with the person before you then share your concerns? And then, of course, the granddaddy of rough sailing, confronting people when you have to hold them accountable, because that's a tough one. Defensiveness, emotional reactions, when you're giving corrective feedback or making an announcement that is unpopular or confronting substandard performance or a broken commitment. And people rate that skill right up with walking on crushed glass. So so that's why I wrote the book and what's in it. Uh, and then every one of those skill sets, we talk about the virtual variations. How do you apply it in, in today's remote work? How's my clarity on this? I'm blabbing because I'm excited. You're hearing my enthusiasm and excitement. How's this going so far? It sounds to me like this could be a roadmap for how consultants work with clients, including you know everything from the once you get a, a lead for new business to completing a project. Sure. Well, in a few so a few things about that. One, if you think of the title, how does it fit consulting? Okay, straight talk. I better be straight or my clients don't trust me. My prospects don't trust me. They see me as a fast talking used car salesperson. No offense to your clients who have their own car business. Uh, uh, what else is in the title? Influence skills for influence. I do need to influence a person to trust me at an interpersonal level and to trust me at a task level. And Collaboration, influence skills for collaboration and commitment. That's the subtitle. Boy, I better have a collaborative relationship. And I want to gain the prospect and client's commitment to me, to my programs, to my services. So the title says it all. And then the skill sets we I just mentioned, I, I need to advise and guide my clients almost like a that's a consulting model, not, not the kind of transactional selling where I'm pushing product and presenting. No, first I'm developing rapport and exploring their needs in particular ways. And the, the book talks about in advising and guiding a questioning format, which involves understanding their problem, understanding their goals, ask what they've been they've thought of or done, and what's the landscape of their world. So it's landscape, problem questions, goal questions, and action questions. What have they done? I call it LPGA, not the Ladies Professional Golf Association, but it will keep you, quote, up to par with with uh, how you explore your clients' needs. So, so the skills help there. Gaining commitment is a key smooth sailing skill. Boy, that's that's pay dirt. I definitely need to gain commitment once I've understood the needs and I'm making recommendations. I need to make clear, clear agreements. And uh, the book talks about faulty expectations that, that that people have, including consultants, by not making clear agreements and not following them up, not inspecting what they expect. And now they realize that there's a problem. And usually it's because the expectations weren't clear in the first place. So those are some of the skills. Uh, we could also talk about how how do the skills help selling? Okay, to say a bit about that, or did you have a reaction to something that I was saying? Yeah, no, please do. Please do. I'm trying to use the skills that are in the book. It's called not monologuing, not dualoguing, but dialoguing, which means I want to, sit, want to try and have bite-sized pieces and then check in for understanding, clarity, any, any questions. So, So in terms of selling... And that was something I mentioned before I was comfortable with. Your folks you're listening may or may not feel comfortable. What does selling entail? Well, it entails a lot of listening. 
a lot of listening and to change our mindset. It's not me presenting. It's not selling by telling. I like to call it selling by being compelling. And the best way to be compelling is to is to listen to their needs, ask those LPGA questions, landscape, problem, goal, and what have you done so far to try and thought of to, to address this business issue. And once I do understand it, I'm going to present. Now I'll present rather than in reverse, presenting too soon. Active listening comes in not just in the identifying needs stage of selling, but when I'm presenting, I want to check their reaction and listen and use that active listening. Sounds like a concern about how headcount is going to uh, going to affect your ability to do the projects and you're looking for help in X, Y, Z. So listening while exploring needs, listening while hearing an objection. And that's, you had mentioned you're interested in some of the emotional piece of selling, of, of being an entrepreneur. And I find that people who aren't typically in selling psych themselves out instead of psych themselves up. They, they hear an objection. They say, oh, crap, they're not with me. They hate it. Well, maybe, but maybe it's a buying signal. They wouldn't be, they wouldn't be asking you the question if they weren't in relationship with you. That's true. So what I try to do in the book is, you know, it's trying to get, get people to change their mindset and their self-talk from being, I have to overcome this objection. I have to, you know, it's force against force. I have to conquer the objection. No, I have to understand it. I have to understand. I had one guy in a workshop say, I'm changing my self-talk, Rick. I'm changing my self-talk from overcoming to coming over. I'm coming over to their side of the table to put myself in their shoes and empathically active listen to their concern and express it with them before I answer it. So that's just an example of how the active listening skills help help with selling and the self-talk skills help. But can I reframe? One self-talk skill is, is switching channels from negative to positive, but also reframing, reframing and redefining an objection as a buying signal or closing. That's a big one. So many of new, new entrepreneurs are professional rapport builders. You know, I said before, we want to build a rapport and explore needs. And, but if you only do that and never present, or never ask for the order, you are a professional rapport builder. So that, that, what do you do with closing? Am I, I'm going to impose. I don't want to impose. Uh, have you ever heard that story, David, about Henry Ford and his neighbor who was an insurance company salesperson? Have you heard this one? I have not heard this one. It's a uh, Real quick, and then I'll shut up here about this piece. But um, as I'm trying to remember it, I believe it goes, Ford was the next-door neighbor who we play golf with every week. That insurance salesman neighbor and friend of Ford's read in the newspaper that Ford had awarded a multimillion-dollar insurance policy to a competitor. And of course, his friend said, Henry, maybe he called him Hank, I don't know. Henry, what kids, man? We play golf all the time. Why, why don't you award it to me? And Ford looks him in the eye. He pauses and he says, you never asked. So that, that professional rapport builder, he never asked. So it's it's kind of a epidemic of, of people who aren't salespeople to worry about selling. And, and I would recommend a friend of mine's book, Dr. Cindy McGovern, wrote a bestseller that came out last year called Every Job is a Sales Job. It's dynamite. And, and then, of course, every entrepreneur 
better view it as a sales job. You're not just in the business to design programs or even design your marketing. You're in the business to build rapport, explore needs, present your 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 products and services, checking along the way, uh, changing your self-talk to not be afraid when you get an objection, changing your self-talk to not hold back and be passive about asking for the order. Or it's not the next, it's not the whole order. Maybe it's just the next step in the sales process. And that can be that can get rid of the intimidation. How's this making sense so far in terms of? Uh, These are like a, a ton of great points, and I think um, listeners can take many actionable steps based on what we've heard. Since we are almost out of time, Rick, I have one one final question, which mm-hmm. is: What is the impact that you dream to achieve with your book? To make the world safe for straight talk skills, David. <laughs> Seriously, I, love that. I, I I definitely want to. I, that is, it sounds corny, but I wanted to spread these these sets of skills, interpersonal influence skills, around. Uh, and of course, for your audience, entrepreneurs, but everyone in in a company, whether you're a leader or you're an individual contributor. Whether you're on the way in or on the way out, these are rapport building and trust building skills, and and there are results based skills. It's not about touchy feely charm school we're talking about. It's really hits the book really hits bottom line, bottom line, bottom line with results and results with a ton of practices. So the impact is is hopefully to truly sounds corny, but to make the world a better place, to make your company a better place, to make you a more successful salespeople. Because again, I'm not a, a shrink in my career. I wanted to be. A, a stretch. So, so I hope people do uh, check it out. Uh, my uh, okay to say my website here. I was going to ask you where can people get a copy of it. When where can they get other any other resources you may have? How perceptive of you for sensing that I would like that question. So, so, uh, so, so, yeah, if you go, you can go to Amazon and, and see the book at uh, my last name, Rick Brandon. It's Straight Talk. Influence skills for collaboration and commitment, but a place that I'd love your listeners to get a free assessment and several other complimentary uh, reinforcement and learn about the book more and receive some free gifts. Whether or not you buy the book, I wanted to just put this stuff up there. Uh, you go brandonpartners.com, www.brandonpartners.com slash straight talk book. And that's where you can read about the book read more about me, learn what the skills are, and take the free assessment and look at a couple of other uh, fun takeaways by just by my thanks to to check out the book at my website. Great. And of course, we will include the, yeah, we'll include the link in the show notes. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Rick, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and share your insights. My guest today has been founder and president of Brandon Partners. Rick Brandon, thank you again, Rick, for joining us. Thank you so much. Blessings to you and your listeners. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. On today's episode with Rick Brandon, we learned how to develop your sales and other skills that are essential to building a successful consulting business. Learning business building skills is one of the benefits of membership in the Smashing the Plateau community. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, we provide access to experts and the camaraderie of supportive collaborative colleagues check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.